It was a different era when salesman King C. Gillette invented the disposable safety razor at the turn of the century. The image of ideal, clean-shaven men and women has become a cultural staple of a large portion of society, marking the sign of adulthood and prestige amongst much of the global population. However, recent disruptions to the global razor industry, including the trend of facial hair and introduction of subscription blade alternatives, have changed the playing field for the first time in almost a century. My guest today on the luxury item is Falguni Desai, CEO and Managing Director of the luxury men's grooming brand The Art of Shaving. The Art of Shaving was founded in 1996 by husband and wife team Erica Malka and Miriam Zowie. They set out to help men transform timeless grooming customs into a whole new experience with elegant handcrafted razors and shaving accessories. In 2009, Procter & Gamble purchased The Art of Shaving and expanded its dominance in the men's shaving market. Falguni Desai is an experienced marketing leader at Procter & Gamble, who has spent almost two decades working across more than a dozen iconic brands, from upstream innovation roles to managing P&Ls across established businesses and startup models. She is a champion of organizational efforts and serves as a sponsor for the P&G Boston Women's Network, Harvard Recruiting Team, and is active within the Asian Pacific Network. Welcome to the luxury item, Falguni. It's great to be here, Scott. Yeah, so glad you could join me. You know, The Art of Shaving has a great brand story that goes back to the 1990s and its founders, Miriam Zowie and Eric Malka. Can you talk about how The Art of Shaving came about and what problem they were solving? Absolutely. So Miriam's expertise was in aromatherapy and Eastern medicine. Eric is, you know, entrepreneur, um, married couple. She noticed redness and irritation when he shaved. So one day she concocted a mixture of botanical oils for him to use. He said it was the best shave of his life. They then sold their car, started their business in 1996, and the brand just celebrated its 25th birthday. So this continues to be the inspiration of how we innovate, um, solving people's problems with love. So right now, the art of shaving has, from what I understand, four product pillars, right? There's shaving, razors, brushes, and grooming. I know that you closed most of the retail stores in the last couple of years. So how much of your business of that business now is from e-commerce? The pandemic clearly accelerated our business online, but our decision to move primarily online was actually underway prior to that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for years we had been investing in our direct to consumer and on Amazon's luxury platform. Um, We were seeing really strong year on year growth, which just accelerated through COVID. Um, We also saw more of an intentional interest uh, from luxury department store partners to strengthen online fundamentals. And uh, I would say that uh, in recent uh, months, we're seeing some of the consumer shift back to brick and mortar. Um, However, most consumers have permanently changed how they shop, right? They're now true omni-channel shoppers. How many stores do you have now in the U.S.? Um, we have uh, our store in uh, Madison uh, Avenue in New York, right, and right. then Disney Springs in Orlando. And the art of shaving is not your father's drugstore razor. <laughs> you know, razor offerings can be as much as like $200 and brushes as high as 250 And like any luxury brand, how does the art of shaving create that desire for something extraordinary? It's all about performance um, and craftsmanship. And, you know, creating those exclusive experiences. Um, Those are all of the key attributes of luxury and ones that we really excel in. We offer unparalleled grooming products and services with the highest quality. 
um, and craftsmanship. And our connections with consumers are very intimate. Um, our clients feel really special. Uh, we have a sensorial experience that we offer. We sustainably source our essential oils from the four corners of the earth to, you know, really ensure we have the finest quality ingredients in our products that help nourish the skin. Sandalwood, lavender, oud, um, and hydration without the scent. We really do want to give him that pampered barbershop feeling right at home. Yeah, and I remember the Art of Shaving had been running this marketing campaign, you know, with this tribal-like tagline, welcome to the brotherhood of shaving. And it came across as like this insider brand. You know, you know, it's for people in the know. Is that still the case, how you position yourself like this in the know brand? So our positioning has changed a bit, but that campaign first started with the insight that our society has really relegated shaving to be a chore. And our goal as a brand is to really elevate the shaving experience into an art. And so the Brotherhood was all about uniting a community, you know, who really appreciated the craft. Um, and it was about celebrating grooming as a ritual and not just thinking about it as a chore. We still do have a great CRM program that extends across email and SMS. Um, and yes, those people are still in the know. Um, signing up for that program gives clients kind of exclusive offers, content, and they're often the first to know about new campaigns. Sometimes we even um, use that program to help us with feedback on new packaging or innovation. So how is it positioned now? It is still called the Brotherhood. We have not right. changed it, but right. we have kind of evolved our overall um, offerings within it. Millennial men aren't shaving as much as previous generations. So you know, who's your customer and how are you winning over these young men? We have uh, different kinds of clients. So our sophisticated gentleman uh, consumer persona is a really loyal user. He was likely introduced to the brand via one of our stores. He's well-established in his life and career and has really worked hard to enjoy what he has now. What is the age? Um, definitely in 50s and above. Yeah. Right. Um, we also have the new urban male who's more likely to learn about the brand through our digital ecosystem. You know, his grooming preferences are very much like his life evolving. <laughs> he sees his facial hair, like whether it's growing it out, styling it, cutting it, shaping it as a form of self-expression. We also see that we appeal and over-index with multicultural consumers, given that we have bespoke solutions mm -hmm. and we have a strong awareness and equity amongst the LGBT community. Yeah. And Gen Z men are your next generation of customers. How are you evolving your marketing strategies to reach them? What's amazing, Scott, is that men are more engaged with grooving and frankly, spending more money on it than ever before. So although we are the art of shaving, you know, we really have a motto, which is, you know, if you can grow it, we can groom it. <laughs> and so our core is shaving. Uh, in addition to our premium razors and shave creams, we also have products across beard care, body care, hair care, fragrances, and other accessories. And so consumers are looking for personalized kind of bespoke solutions. You know, they're looking for those natural botanical ingredients that are frankly in our DNA. And we really win our consumers over with that credibility and authenticity. So in addition to the credibility that we bring, we are also innovating um, with collaborations, right? To set new standards. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Art of Shaving is actually one of the first to partner with uh, Gillette Labs and the Bugatti Special Edition Heated yep. Razor. It just launched, it's off to an amazing start. We are really thinking about collabs as a way to continue to reach all of our different audiences. So it's no surprise to you, the entire razor industry is having its challenges and P&G's razor business has certainly struggled in recent years. 
the population is aging. You know, when you get old, you don't have to grow as much hair, so you don't shave as much. We're also, as a society, becoming more relaxed about hair. You know, beards and mustaches are in vogue, even more so during the pandemic. And the introduction of subscription blade alternatives have changed the playing field for the first time in almost a century. So with so many changes occurring within the razor industry, how is the art of shaving positioned to weather these challenges? It's a great question. So we are really focused on our consumer and making sure that we are continuing to serve them and their changing needs in the industry. Uh, we're modernizing our brand across kind of the areas that the consumer is looking at most, whether it be innovation, whether it be some of our packaging, the way that we go to market and how we actually reach them. Yeah. Yeah. And during the months when it was difficult or illegal to get, go to the bar where people were socializing <laughs> less, uh, going to the office less, you know, men grew out their scraggly mustaches and goatees, you know, there was really no longer pressure to keep up a daily shave, even on Zoom. So how did the yes. art of shaving stay engaged with customers when men's grooming routines pretty much came to a halt? Yeah, it was crazy time. We um, very quickly after closing, you know, a lot of our stores due to the pandemic had found um, the stay at home measures created different challenges for our consumers. Um, we knew that we needed to think about how to reach them in a different way. So we actually launched a virtual barbershop on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we did this across our social channels and, you know, we have a number of barbers um, that work for the art of shaving. Mm -hmm. And so we leveraged uh, them to give tips on facial grooming and at home haircuts. So we created this space that was really curated by our master barbers from across the country. We partnered with some influential celebrity barbers and then um, we really just wanted to give a venue for people to be able to tell their stories during, you know, this uncertain time that we were all going through together as a world, just like a lot of people would in a physical barbershop. How does one become a uh, barber influencer? Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of people who are uh, really masters at barbering. Uh, it is very much an art and that is what they do. That's what they're passionate about. And a lot of our master barbers you know, actually have really strong followings within, you know, social, uh, social media. It's kind mm. of amazing. And now that a growing portion of the population is getting vaccinated and returning to some semblance of normal life, and eventually more workers are returning to the office, where do you think the entire men's grooming market is going to shift to? The trends like during COVID were very clear. We saw a lot more beards, as you mentioned, there was really a, a focus on health and hygiene overall. Um, as it relates to grooming, and then of course, self-care overall. You know, these are going to continue to be there. They're not going away. Grooming as a ritual is definitely not gone, even as facial hair trends change and kind of evolve year on year. I think some people are going to go back to barbershops and spas, and then some people are going to continue to do more things DIY and at home. And I think the relationship between your grooming routine and the impact that it has on your skin is actually going to become a lot more elevated. And as I, as I mentioned before, you know, I do think shopping behaviors change during all of this. So I think uh, there are some consumers who maybe stopped going in store or were shopping more online. And I think the reality is, you know, most consumers are omni-channel shoppers. Do you think you'll focus more or launch more products that are skincare related as opposed to maybe, you know, having to do with shaving? I think we are focusing on all the places that, you know, our consumer is asking us to create solutions for. We really are focused on 
what are the the unmet needs of the consumer and you know how do we serve them yeah and before you were mentioning that there are still two physical stores in the US one you know here in New York City on Madison and the other one in Orlando what roles do these two physical stores play because they seem to be serving two different audiences based on where they're located yes uh, these were both flagship stores for us. Um, we are the Art of Shaving New York. So our Madison Avenue store is part of our origin story as a brand. Um, people go to Disney, right, to relax, to make memories. And our barber spa is certainly a very unpampered, you know, very pampered and unforgettable experience. So they do serve different audiences, but they both serve an important role in experiencing our brand uh, with our consultants, with our services, you know, in real life. So I would imagine when you had all the retail stores, education was a huge part of that sales strategy because it was in person. You could educate men in there about, you know, shaving regimens, et cetera. So how are you doing that now when most of the business is e-commerce? Uh, we're working through the whole kind of digital path to purchase and the funnel to really invest in education, you know, in digital commerce. Uh, we have advisor tools. We have Beard Academy tools on our site. Uh, we even offer personalized consultations with our in-store associates if a consumer wants to speak to someone about their specific needs. So the education continues to be really critical and, and teaching consumers about our products is something that we need to do across all channels. So, you know, I can't talk about the razor and shaving marketing without talking about the challenger brands that upended the way consumers buy razors with its direct-to-consumer subscription models. You know, Harry's and Dollar Shave Club, which I think Unilever bought back in 2016, disrupted the razor market by competing with legacy brands, Schick and Gillette, and stealing a good chunk of the razor market share. Like many thriving DTC brands, Harry's and Dollar Shave Club found success by reaching out and making a pitch directly to male consumers, primarily on social media, and using the power of authentic storytelling and digital design. How has their impact changed the way Gillette and the art of shaving goes to market? Gillette has been and continues to be the market leader in the U.S. and around the world, with more than 800 million consumers around the world trusting Gillette for shaving needs. I can't comment on competition, but I can say that the total PNG grooming business has continued to grow sales year on year consecutively for the past three years. We've grown sales 5% uh, double-digit profit growth despite the pandemic. And we continued that momentum in the first quarter of the fiscal year. You know, competition makes us better, but, you know, we remain focused on serving our consumers and delivering value uh, for them, you know, for the company, for shareholders, for customers, and our approach is working. You know, and many luxury brands are turning from first and third party cookies to zero party data to draw closer to their most devoted customers and offer more personalized experience. How are you thinking about new strategies to have stronger direct relationships with your customers? This is really critical. Um, you know, we have a data strategy that is focused on building stronger one-on-one -on -one relationships with our consumers. Um, we have a strong CRM program, which I mentioned, but we've also been redesigning our online experience for our consumers and activating a variety of different touch points to offer suggestions, right? Like a digital version of an assisted selling sort of environment and experience. And a lot of this is powered via machine learning. So we definitely are leveraging, um, you know, data to help improve the consumer experience overall. So Gillette has a new creative and innovative design division of the company called Gillette Labs. Can you talk a little bit about what that division does? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a premium division and uh, it really is about creating tech inspired devices that really fuse form and function. Um, so the products are really designed to delight, to elevate and transform the grooming experience into one that's truly exceptional. The heated razor was the first product introduced for Gillette Labs in 2018. Um, and it was actually recognized as one of the smartest inventions of the year by Time Magazine. The most recent Bugatti special edition that we talked is, is kind of the first of its kind razor into that sort of same dimension. Overall, Gillette Labs will continue to like explore unexpected spaces, like investing in research and development, and ultimately um, cool, innovative devices for the modern guy. And so there's a lot more coming from this brand. Um, so this past spring, The Art of Shaving partnered with the New York-based charitable organization, Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. It tied into a video campaign featuring Broadway performers. It's a very cool campaign. How did that collaboration come about? We, um, we definitely believe that like brands have a responsibility and, you know, we talk a lot about uh, how do we use, you know, our brands as a force for good and a force for growth. So with The Art of Shaving, we're a brand that's born in New York City and we recognize the significance of Broadway and the arts. Uh, we first started partnering um, to make a donation with Broadway Cares and Equity Fights AIDS. You know, the organization is amazing. It helps men, women, children across the country receive life-saving medications, healthcare, nutritious meals, counseling, all much needed things during challenging times that we have all been facing. But we also recognize the impact of the pandemic for performers. And so in addition to the donation, we put some of these incredible Broadway actors into a campaign uh, for the art of shaving. And it was really focused on self-expression and uh, they showed how their morning routines could be really transformed from like being a chore to, you know, an indulgent ritual that really helps them unleash some of their unique identities. So it was a lot of fun and um, it was great to be able to partner with such a great organization. Any other new campaigns coming up for the holidays? Yeah, we have some, some great things coming up for the holidays. So last year we did a warm up the holidays execution where we actually partnered with a number of small businesses uh, that were impacted by the pandemic. For this upcoming holiday season, uh, we have a campaign that uh, talks about how the art of shaving is the secret to successful holiday photos. So, you know, we all know that the holidays can be a stressful time, a lot of things out of control, but the one thing that you can really be certain of is your best luck with the art of shaving. So uh, we're collaborating actually with photographers and barbers, uh, which are experts in controlling the elements of the perfect photo. They're gonna share tips, they're gonna share advice for how men can feel confident and look their best as they go into this crazy holiday season. So my final question, is the luxury item question, which I ask all my guests. <laughs> uh, you've probably heard Hello? the show before. Um, if you were stranded on a deserted island and you can only have one luxury item with you, what luxury item would that be? It can't be any form of air transportation or any kind of transportation, anything that requires mobile service. It's just you, the sand, a few palm trees, and you're surrounded by miles and miles of water, what is that one luxury item that you would want to have with you? Uh, with all the salt and the sun, I think my skin would need a ton of love. So I take uh, my best moisturizer with sunscreen <laughs> with me. Hopefully it's a, it's a large size bottle. I'm assuming <laughs> that you'll be there for a while. <laughs> Hopefully you'll be rescued before that uh, you finish it. But that's a good answer. Falguni Desai, 
Chief Executive Officer of The Art of Shaving. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Luxury Item. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. That's it for this episode of The Luxury Item Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this useful and entertaining, I would be really grateful if you can share it with a friend or colleague. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other listeners find us. The Luxury Item Podcast is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'm your host, Scott Kerr. Until next time.